0: it's the bob france authority here on am 1420 the answer all right we got out a little bit late uh, at the end of the last hour, as we chatted with Congressman Jim Jordan, so we're going to forego the traditional Reagan uh, opening uh, uh, statement of the hour and uh, just welcome you to the program. It is the 10 minutes after 10 o'clock on the 23rd morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2020. wanted to dive right in and not take too much of Rob Walgate's time because what we have to talk about is extraordinarily important, and he's going to tell us why. Rob Walgate, our good friend from the Ohio Roundtable, the AP Roundtable, the uh, Public, Squ- Public Square Broadcast Network, Joining us, and also maybe your most important title is fill-in host of the Bob France Authority. <laughs> joining us now on AM fourteen twenty, the answer. Hey, Rob, how are you? Hey, Bob. Happy
1: Thanksgiving,
0: my friend. Thank you, my friend, and the same to you. Hope you have a huge event, and I hope there are twenty people in your kitchen, and I hope the neighbors call the cops on you, and I hope you tell them all to just to go to go uh, go away. That's what I hope. <laughs> Not that I disrespect police in such a way, but you know what? You know, the police are there to protect and serve, not serve as uh, governor's Gestapo. All right. um, Robert, we have been talking all summer, well, spring, summer and fall long about where our legislature is. Why have we been abandoned? We have asked many times uh, by one third of our three separate co-equal branches of government. Uh, Mike DeWine has essentially been allowed to build a little dictatorship because he has ignored the the uh, judiciary, ignored the you know the the uh, uh, judges' uh, orders that or decision that his orders are unconstitutional. He's just appealed those and kept right on going. He has ignored anything the legislature has tried to do because they don't have enough votes to uh, override his veto. So he's been pretty much. Running solo, making all of the decisions on business and on health in the state of Ohio. And we've been saying, when are the legislators going to do something? Well, finally, according to what I've been told by you, among others, they've done it. On Thursday, they passed Senate Bill 311 in the Ohio House. Uh, so it passes the Senate, it passes the House, it goes to Mike DeWine. And Mike DeWine has said he's going to veto it because it's a disaster. Any bill that removes his authoritarian power, he thinks, is a disaster. But you told me, Rob Walgate, that there is enough of uh, uh, there are enough votes rather to override a potential Mike DeWine veto. Tell us more, please.
1: Well, Senate Bill 311, in essence, takes away ultimate authority from the director of the Department of Health. And in Ohio Revised Code 370113, that's exactly how it reads, that the director of the Department of Health has ultimate authority in times of isolation and quarantine. And what we've seen happen throughout the past eight months is the director has isolated and quarantined millions and millions of healthy Ohioans. This law would take away that ability. It would put in checks and balances, and it would allow the legislature, our 99 state reps, or 33 state senators to have a say in the process and be involved. Now, the governor said he would veto it, but you need a three-fifths majority to override the veto. In the Senate, it passed with more than than three-fifths, and they have enough to override the veto. They have enough in the House as well. Even though it only passed 58 to 30 on Thursday in the House, there were a few legislatures There were a few legislators that were missing due to quarantine and some other things. They will be back, and they have expressed that they will vote for to override the veto so Senate Bill 311 will become law. Now, Bob, we heard heard the governor talk about the fact that this is scary and it takes away some of the power, and he compared it to Ebola. Listen, that's not even apples and oranges. That's like tricycles and roller coasters. I mean, it's not even close. Ebola is something that's deadly within 24 hours, 100%. You're going to die if you get Ebola. This is a virus that's a real virus in COVID-19 that has a survival rate of over 98%, well over 98%. So for the governor to compare and say he needs the same authority for his director of the Department of Health based on Ebola as he does COVID-19, that's embarrassing and insulting to Ohio. It's also insulting to the Ohioans that he deems non-essential because he deems many of us non-essential in the fact that our jobs don't matter as long as he has the power and the control and his director of the Department of Health can issue orders that the rest of us just have to sit back and say, okay. I mean, look at the city of Akron and other places, Bob. I know you referenced it on Thanksgiving gatherings. To think they pass a law or pass a resolution saying you can only have six people in your home for Thanksgiving Uh, where, Where, what country do we live in?
0: And if you do, by the way, if you have six people who do not live with you in your home, you have to wear masks. You and they have to wear masks if you're going to be in the same room together. I want you to think about that. You talk about a violation of privacy. You talk about a violation of, of, you know, of, of personal liberty, for crying out loud. Telling you what you can do in your home for which you pay taxes, by the way, or upon which you pay taxes to the government for them to, them to tell you how to behave uh, within the walls is, is really something remarkable. Go
1: ahead. Well, the thing about it, when I look around the country at all the places that are trying to limit how many people you can have in your home and talk about the police that are going to enforce it, These are the same city councils that want to defund the police in many instances around the country. These are the same city councils that don't want the police involved in a number of issues, but now they want to bring the police in and have them tell you how many people you can have in your home. So, well, how about this? So it's illegal to have more than six people in your home. However, you can take a minivan, go pick up seven people from seven different households, ride around in that same van, and it's not illegal. How does that work in the same city limits? How does that work?
0: That's a great That's a great question. Rob, let me go back to the bill. <clears throat> um, you're 1,000% correct, of course. What it does is correct what um, the ORC says in 3701.13. Uh, I want to know about the time now. Um, this passed the Senate. It passed the House. Yeah. Now it goes to DeWine. How long does he have before he has to either sign it or veto it?
1: So he had 10 days, 10 business days, Sundays don't count in that, and he will veto it. I anticipate him vetoing it this mm-hmm. week because if he does nothing, then it would become law without his signature. Right. He will veto it most likely this week, maybe early next week. Um, then it will go back to the House and the Senate. It will go to the Senate first because it's where it passed first, then it will go to the House, and they will override the veto, and then in 90 days it will become law. Okay, uh, hold
0: off, hold off, hold off, because again, I wanted to get into the time here. So he's got 10 days to veto it or sign it, and then it goes Mm -hmm. back to the Senate first, then to the House. Exactly how long do you anticipate, and if this is just a guess, you can say so, but how long before they would hold another vote to override?
1: Three to five days from the time it's vetoed. I think they'll get together and override the veto. It's a lame duck session. They know it has to be done quickly they want it done quickly because they know that there's going to be a lot of intense pressure from the governor in the governor's weekly lectures this week i anticipate he's going to talk about the danger that they're putting ohio in by passing senate bill 311 he's going to tell he's already said that in interviews yeah Yeah, he
0: has already said that called it a disaster called it a direct threat to the health blah 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 but to, to the point of the timing, it's going to be at least two weeks then between the time that he's or considering the fact that he's got to veto it, then they've got to schedule a vote, then they got to hold the vote, and then that's got to be certified however it's done. And then when does the 90-day start immediately?
1: Yeah, after, after on the on the veto override from the second chamber. So I believe it will go to the Senate <laughs> first because they passed it first, and then it's going to go, go to the House. So you're going to need 20 of the so 33 th- in the Senate.
0: I'm sorry, Rob, Uh, I'm just putting it all together. So we're looking at still another three and a half months that he's got to... Wreak as much havoc on people as he wants. I mean, and that's the frustrating part about this. I'm so glad we're moving on this, but this is what needed to be moved upon back in oh. May. This is, you know what I mean, when yeah. when when the yeah. when the entirety oh, yeah. of picking winners and losers started. Essential versus non-essential. You can't go to church, but you can go to you know uh, you know McDonald's or, or whatever the case might be. Um, you know, all of this should have been done a long time ago, but now I- we're still looking at not until at least March, it sounds like. Maybe February or March before, uh, the legislature can do anything to undo the health department's orders.
1: Yeah, you can pass a measure with an emergency clause that would make it become a law immediately, but they I know they do not have the votes for that because they would need some Democrats in the House to come alongside and vote for that. But you're exactly right. This should have been done months ago. I'm glad it's being done now. The important thing to remember, Bob, is Mike DeWine and his administration, from everything I've gathered, they are over in the court of law. They haven't won anything in the court of law. That's the reason you don't see many of these things being enforced with an iron fist the way they would like to, is because they know constitutionally they don't have a leg to stand on. They're not going to win in a court of law. When they say they're going to come into your home and fine you for violating health orders, they know that constitutionally that's not going to work and it's not going to happen, and they're not going to be able to do it. That's why they use those bail threats. That's why they tell you what they're going to do. But when it comes to a legal leg, they don't have one to stand on. That's why they're over across the state during this That's pandemic. That's pretty
0: amazing that's pretty amazing they have not won yet not yet won a single court challenge uh, now they're being told by the legislature we don't want you to do this we represent the people we literally were sent here by the people to represent them and we do not want you doing this to them and he's still going to go ahead and do it for another three and a half months and that's the most frustrating thing about it he can destroy the schools and more kids uh, and their extracurriculars in the next three and a half months he can destroy businesses by closing down bars and restaurants and I'm told that some 60% percent of the current bars and restaurants that survived the first, uh, you know, the first uh, shutdown, uh, because many of them were folded at that time. But 60% of the remaining r- restaurants and bars uh, after the first shutdown will not survive a second one. They will shutter their doors for good. Uh, so he can still do a lot of damage all in the name of quote unquote, quote health in the next three and a half months. Oh, he can, and
1: it's been unfortunate to see everything that he has done during this time. The one thing that was encouraging to me, Bob, as I watched the House session on Thursday before they voted on 311, I saw passion. I saw passion from our elected officials in talking about hearing from their constituents. They've heard from moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles and high school students. They've heard from everyone about the fact that these draconian lockdown measures are not working. We're destroying the mental health of millions and millions of Ohioans, isolating, and quarantining healthy Ohioans, and it's just not working. So our elected officials have gotten the message, and they're doing what they can now. We're, we, are we late? Yes. It should have been done a while ago, but we have to make sure we see Senate Bill 311 across the finish line with the veto override to make sure... That we take away, because even if you agree with every single measure the director of the Department of Health has done, even if you agree with every single measure, do we really want a system of government where one elected official has total control over 11 and a half million of Ohioans? Because in Ohio revised code right now, that's what we have. And no one ever dreamed of the fact that it would be used against healthy Ohioans.
0: Rob Allgate last question for you cuz we're already late here it's 10:22 and you know our clock cuz you sometimes run it. Uh so try to keep your answer to a minute on this if you can Rob but what changed between the summer and now the other uh bills like Senate Bill 55 that was uh that was uh, put put up and and passed and vetoed but they did not have the override votes for that. What changed from then to now that we we have enough uh, uh legislators with the guts to override the veto?
1: I think a couple things. I think one is they heard from constituents, they heard from Ohioans, and they realized how frustrated they were. Two, um, the elections. In the Ohio House and the Ohio Senate, Republicans picked up seats in both, and I think that gave them courage to do the right thing and to move forward. And three, they've seen the fact that it just didn't work the way the governor and the director of the Department of Health said it was going to work. Their plan didn't work. That's That's a
0: great point. That is a great point. All of their plans that they have put in place have not done anything to stem the tide. There are still spikes, and of course, there's a spike in testing, so there's going to be a spike in cases. But all of their mask mandates and all of the things that they have done have been futile. It is a pandemic. It is going to stay that way until we reach herd immunity. And according to the, uh, the uh, lead scientist for the Operation Warp Speed Project, the lead si- science advisor, Dr. Um, Slawi, Dr. Monsef Slawi, uh, we can target probably May of being kind of returning to normal between a common combination of herd immunity with people getting it and people getting vaccinated for it so you combine those two things and that's what we're looking at so um, good news is on the horizon but there's still a lot of damage that can be done in the meantime rob Walgate, thank you so much it's always good to talk to you enjoy your thanksgiving sir thank you bob happy thanksgiving Ten we're late but we'll catch up am 14 20 the ants. All right, short segment here, so I'm not going to squeeze a call in. I will ask you to dial now to get on next segment after the news. 216 or 888 281 If you want to respond to anything Rob and I just talked about with respect to Senate Bill 311, you can do that. If you want to respond to the Sydney Powell news, the bombshell from last night and what that means going forward, you can do that. I'm going to share this with you because it relates to the COVID lockdowns and the COVID uh, protocols that have put in place all over this country. There are some in the media that would have you follow exactly um, what uh, these radicals are saying about avoiding your family, about giving up your own freedom within your own homes, all in an interest of avoiding the dreaded coronavirus. The coronavirus that, of course... Is has a ninety nine point nine percent recovery rate. I want you to listen to one of two doctors here because I don't have time for both, um, telling you what to do this Thanksgiving. This is what MSNBC feeds you every day: fear, gloom, depression, darkness, and loneliness. These are the types of doctors they put on the air to tell you you are not allowed to be happy, nor thankful, nor around other people who share the same, all in the interest of the coronavirus.
2: Listen, I get straight to, to advice here. If you're a college student, yeah. shelter in place for at least seven days once you arrive and and you're with your loved ones at least seven days, testing is constrained across the country right now. So you can't test your way out of or into safety here. You just have to mask up when you're home, try to quarantine for at least that seven day window and try to get that lab based PCR test through a drive through at that point. So you can give yourself and your family members a sense of relief for everybody else who's just traveling for a few days for Thanksgiving, cancel your plans. Cannot be more clear mm-hmm. here. it has been a lot of shades of gray here, a lot of uncertainty in the signs of COVID-19. In this case, cancel your plans. I, over the weekend, I can't tell you how many calls I received, Mika, from friends of friends who have loved ones in the ICU, anywhere from 20 to 80 years of age. I've heard in Texas, they're rationing plasma. I've heard this from a close source there. I've heard that pulmonologists, critical care docs, are, are the, the rate-limiting step now to getting life-saving care.
0: Gloom, doom, isolation, loneliness, sadness. Do not be happy. Do not go home and embrace your family and friends. Do not go to your family's house for Thanksgiving. And if you do go over to your family's house for Thanksgiving, prepare to eat outside. Yeah, I don't care if it's 35. You get your A out there to the patio and sit at that picnic table because you better not be getting together indoors with anybody you don't live with. This is literally what the doctors on that panel said. We'll talk more about it when we take your phone calls right after this.
3: The Answer, now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM.
0: Okay, 1037, <clears throat> AM 1420, The Answer. I want you to hear the rest of the clip that I was playing before the bottom, just because it, it's just so, I don't know, it's a combination of hysterical and infuriating, I guess, at the same time. I mean, it, it, it's kind of funny just to listen to, the, to these nuts. Um, MSNBC, again, in keeping with the Joe Biden, a dark winter is coming theme that he ran, uh, especially in the last few weeks of his candidacy. Before the election, a dark winter is coming. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be horrible. Who do you want to take you through this dark winter? Donald Trump, who already killed 200,000 people, or me? All I'm going to do is kill thousands more, not from the coronavirus, but from depression, alcoholism, drug abuse, uh, um, domestic abuse, suicide, all of the above. The dark winter is coming, is still being advertised by msnbc which of course is just part of team biden here is uh dr dave campbell one of the two doctors they had on their little panel little panel telling you stay home stay alone isolate yourself from everyone else do not breathe on or near anyone else wear masks in your house and when you go outside or excuse me when it's time to eat dinner go outside
4: the more people you're around, the closer you are to them, the more likely one of them will spread the virus to others. And there's no magical cure. We know that from the information you spoke about earlier with prevention and treatment options that are that are coming every day but you have to prevent the disease in the first place and what we have available today to do that and through the thanksgiving holiday to do that is to limit the spread of this virus from one person to another this
0: nut just said that you have to prevent the spread if it was possible to prevent the spread it wouldn't be a global pandemic If it was possible to prevent the spread, they would have prevented it in China before it escaped and went into other people around the globe. He's gonna tell us that you can prevent the spread. It's the kind of, listen.
4: And what a horrible legacy of a Thanksgiving. If you Mm -hmm. gather, whether you're even within your immediate family and somebody gets sick a few days or a week or two later and you can clearly look back and see that all you needed to do was either cancel the vacation and
0: leave grandma or grandpa in their isolated loneliness in their apartment or their home by themselves for the holidays until the sadness overtakes them and they succumb see the only deaths that matter to these pieces of human flotsam are COVID deaths. I get so frustrated and tired of hearing doctors like this guy, this hack, telling us the only thing that matters is you'll feel bad if grandma or grandpa comes over for Thanksgiving and gets COVID. Well, what about the fact that grandma and grandpa are already close to death from their own depression? They have nothing to live for because nobody can come and see them, not even on Thanks Freaking Giving. Suicide deaths don't matter to these doctors. Alcohol uh, and drug abuse and overdoses don't have don't matter because uh, to these doctors. Domestic violence doesn't matter. Depression. None of this stuff matters. People being laid off because these idiots recommend everything be shut down. Gotta stop the spread of COVID. Gotta stop the spread of COVID. Shut them down. I don't care if you get laid off and you don't have any money and that your kids can't eat or that your kids can't get the medicine for things they have besides COVID. I don't care if your business is owned, your family has owned this business for decades and decades and decades and you poured everything you have into it. Close it down because we said so because nobody can get COVID. And if it goes under, And you drown in a sea of red ink because you can't make revenue anymore? Hey, at least you may have stopped one or two people from getting COVID. I am sick and tired of the medical professionals trying to tell us that the only thing that matters is stopping the spread of COVID-19. Again, a virus with a CDC-approved 99.9% recovery rate telling us to leave our loved ones alone in isolation on the holidays. That's better? According to who? Why don't you, pieces of garbage, let people decide for themselves? Mike DeWine, why don't you let Americans or Ohioans decide for themselves if they want to be with their loved ones over Thanksgiving and roll the dice? Stop trying to live people's lives for them.
4: Cancel the Thanksgiving or limit the number of people, do it outside, and wear your mask. Have your Thanksgiving outside, this guy says.
0: What's the temperature going to be? What's the temperature going to be on Thursday? I'm just curious in Northeast Ohio. Hang on a second. I'm going to check something real quick. Hey, Siri, what's the high temperature going to be on Thursday? The high will be 54
5: degrees Thursday.
0: 54 degrees Thursday. Thanks, Siri. 54 degrees on Thanksgiving Day. I don't care if you need a winter coat. Get your A outside to the patio and sit at the picnic table. But only three of you, maybe two of you, can have the table because you've got to be six feet apart while you're out there. A couple of you can sit in the, in the lawn chairs. Maybe somebody on the steps, bundle up, put on your mittens and your earmuffs, and get your turkey outside. This is, they literally said this. If you're going to have your dinner, have it outside. I didn't imagine that, did I? Did I hear that right?
4: The vacation, cancel the Thanksgiving, or limit the number of people, do it outside and wear your mask. I think. And wear
0: your mask while you're out there. You take a bite of stuffing, you put your mask back on while you chew. Then you can lower it a little bit while you get a little cranberry, and then you put it back up again while you chew and stay the hell away from everybody else. I'm not living like that. And I'm getting sick and tired of doctors trying to tell us that this is what must be done because the only single deaths or illnesses that matter are COVID deaths. Do you know that these idiots are going to make the same mistake they made back in the spring. Do you know this? Do you know that hospitals are now canceling elective procedures again? People who used to go there for treatments, routine treatments, follow-up treatments, procedures that are important and necessary for them, but not life and death. So they're canceling them. Do you remember the last time they did that? They did that in anticipation of a massive COVID crush of patients that were going to be filling the hallways of the hospitals. No more rooms available. Sticking them in the broom closet. Put some of them down in the laundry. We're going to have gurneys in the hallways. All of these COVID patients are coming. Never came. Never came. Because for most people, COVID is not a hospitalization issue. It's a flu. It's a go home, treat your cough, treat your fever. Take some Pepto to treat your diarrhea in a few days, you're going to be fine. The crush never came. So what happened? Hospitals lost millions of dollars because they didn't have any COVID patients to treat. And they didn't have their regular patients coming in for their procedures, treatments, evaluations, etc. Surgeries. They lost millions. They had to lay off massive numbers of people this summer. You remember this? Hospitals all over the country. Now they're doing the same thing. They're about to cancel cancel the the, uh, elective procedures. Because COVID is the only thing that matters. You need chemo? Sorry, we've got to clear the space for the COVID patients. I don't care if you're dealing with any other illnesses, conditions, afflictions, diseases, or whatnot. You have got to get out of the way because COVID patients matter. What if there is no crush of COVID patients again? Let me tell you, they'll make damn sure there is a crush of COVID patients because they know they can't afford to sit empty again. So anybody that shows up there with as much as a sniffle, they're going to jam a cotton swab up their nose until it scratches their brain and pull it out and say, COVID, we're admitting you. I don't feel like I need to be admitted. Yeah, you do. We need to admit you. We got to monitor you. We've got to monitor you for two or three days. Why? Because every COVID admit is a $13,000 check. And if they're not making money on any other procedures, they've got to make it on as many COVID people as they can find. The hysterical overreaction to this virus has just got to stop. It's destroying lives. It's destroying businesses. It's destroying churches. It's destroying people. It's destroying the elderly. That's why I'm glad Senate Bill 311 passed. That's why I'm glad that at least there is a, you know, a small tiny light at the end of a very long tunnel in which the legislature can tell Mike DeWine, your orders are null and void right now. That's it. Businesses are open. Curfews are gone. Schools are open. Sports are on. Let healthy people continue with their lives. We'll make recommendations and accommodations for the most vulnerable, but we will not treat Ohioans like they're helpless little children and tell them what to do like we're their their daddies. We're going to allow freedom to reign again. It's going to be a little while. It's going to be at least three and a half months, but at least that time is coming. I'm tired of over-important, self-important with overinflated ego, political executives like governors, and then walking lab coats trying to tell us that the only deaths that matter are the COVID deaths. The hell with all of them, Navy man Norm. You're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Go ahead.
5: Wow. How how do I top that? <laughs> hey.
0: I didn't intend for that to be that way, but I'm just I'm I'm nearing my wits end here.
5: <clears throat> uh, hey. I'm I'm ready to wrap the duct tape around my head, Bob. Hey, if we listen and follow Doctor Zeke Emanuel, we won't have to worry because everybody seventy-five and over will be taken care of, eliminated. That's right. I mean, you know, no
0: more treatments, no more, need. no more medical, no medical medical care, no medicine. When you're seventy-five, it's your duty to die.
5: Right, and then we can turn all the you know the uh, deceased into Soylent Green. Do you remember that movie <laughs> Soylent Green? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's their end game. Anyway, what I'm really calling about, uh Sydney Paul. Sydney Paul is so sharp and so astute. uh our good friends at Smartmatic, Peter Nuremberger, rear admiral, United States Coast Guard, former head of PSA under uh President Trump. Peter Nuremberger, president of Smartmatic, uh resigned recently and guess where he ended up, Bob? Where? the biden transition team oh yeah i did hear that yeah and smartmatic is the software supplier to hmm. drum roll, dominion dominion systems right what? on oh it's peter neffinger my wife just corrected me peter neffinger anyway yeah,
0: i knew who you were talking about because when i saw so when you mentioned that he was on the transition team and he's from smartmatic yeah, yeah I, I heard that I mean, that's and, and, it, that's, and that's just a coincidence weird. though yeah, right, yeah. come on. What's the matter with you, Norm? Don't you know that's just a coincidence? Ah, eh, happenstance happens all the time.
5: Yeah, and then they have this the audacity and the arrogance to think that the people are stupid, and Smartmatic came out and said, Oh, well, we're competitors with Dominion Systems. Excuse me. <laughs> Smartmatic <laughs> makes computer software. Dominion Systems has the old, ancient Diebold uh, machines. Diebold was the one that made these uh, machines back in the late 90s. Bob, That's right. In the early That's 2000s. Right. Yeah. And isn't it interesting, too? There's another coincidence. It seems that all of the uh, Dominion Systems employees are disappearing off of LinkedIn. They're closing their offices, office, and sh- offices and shuttering them across the country. They refuse to appear before the Pennsylvania state legislature as they promised they would. But there's no fraud.
0: Oh my no, god. Come on, okay. come on, Norm, you know that's just all coincidence. That's just, you know, that's just the way things are sometimes. I mean, you're reading into it. You're a QAnon conspiracy nut. That's what you are. And I'm saying yeah, this of sure. course tongue in cheek, my friend, because that's exactly what they are saying about all of us. I got to run, Norm. Thanks for the call, my friend. 1051 right back after this. Mm-hmm. 1055, a couple more phone calls before we're done. By the way, who in Ohio is going to step up? Who in Ohio is going to step up and fight back and start the movement of civil disobedience? What Ohio business owner is going to do what they did in New York? In Buffalo, New York, over the weekend, over 100 different business owners from 100 different types of businesses gathered together in a gym, Athletes Unleashed Gym in Orchard Park, New York and they got together to strategize on how they're going to stay open during Governor Andrew Cuomo's ordered lockdowns. Somebody blew the whistle, and the police and the health department came to that gym and ordered them to disperse. They told them to go to hell. A hundred business owners said, this is private property, get out. And they did. And they're all planning on staying open when the orders to close are put in place. Who in Ohio is going to organize like that? Who in Ohio is going to say business owners of all types, let's meet at my place, meet in my building, and let's all pledge to stay open together. We will not be cheated by a, an authoritarian, tyrannical government. Who in Ohio is going to do it? I love that story from New York. TJ in Cleveland, you're up. TJ, go ahead.
3: Yeah, hi, Bob. You know, Bob, the hypocrisy of the left, I I just can't take it anymore. You know, in church yesterday, I'm talking to this very liberal couple, and they're all for a total lockdown. Now, she, the woman, is a postal worker. Her husband works in health care. And the one thing they had in common all through this epidemic, they never lost a single paycheck. In fact, they sucked up a lot of overtime in the meantime. Now, they're okay with shutting everything down because they're getting theirs, Now, they don't care about their neighbor across the street that might lose his home because he lost his job. These people are so me people that that I can't believe it. And one other thing, your top of the news thing last hour when they showed a court order, GM, to recall all these lethal airbags. Now, I'm wondering why did it take a court order for a company to do what should have done on its own, protect its customers. It took a court order to make them do it.
0: I don't know, T.J. And- Thank you, my brother. Call me Call me back tomorrow on that. I don't want to talk about airbags right now. Uh, A.C. in Cleveland, you're up, A.C. Go ahead.
4: Bob, two things real quick. Yes, sir. First of all, I want to
5: commend you for not overreacting to the news about Sidney Powell, okay? Uh, the Word of God says, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. And that's what you did. And one other thing. I think you could call this situation with Sidney Powell legal distancing.
0: <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, they are. That doesn't mean they're not doing their jobs. They're doing them in their own realm, and uh, Sidney Powell's job is different right now to help this case than what Rudy Giuliani says. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Diane in Bay Village. Going to wrap it up. Diane, go ahead.
5: Hi, Bob. I know you're not too you, you keeper, but maybe you can explain this to me. He said that Biden has three picks that are moderate for his cabinet, so all is not lost. Everything should be fine. Is he kidding me? Does he really think that those moderates will stand in
0: well, you know what it's irrelevant what those moderates in his cabinet do if we keep the Senate if we keep thanks for the call if we keep control of the Senate, that remains our firewall We've got to win both of those races in the runoff elections in Georgia and then we can stop any of the nonsense that they, they try to pass through that's what we have to do is win Georgia and hold the Senate. Thanks to everybody. Kirsten now joins me tomorrow. we'll see you then bye-bye.